Good morning, everyone. Very busy day on the show. Want to make a correction that I said before is the intro to the show. We are going to have gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake on with us at 835 to discuss a multitude of topics, including a tweet, a controversial tweet that went out that I said was the wrong thing to do. I had said earlier with Jim Sharp that I believed that she had deleted the retweet and she has not. Uh, I want to make sure I'm very clear about that. So we're going to talk with Carrie Lake. There's a lot to talk about with with candidates. And I'm happy to have Carrie Lake on with me today to talk about this and then issues. Um, The school issue is a big one. Cameras in the classroom. Um, It is worth pointing out that five of those mothers that have now been made national news from the Scottsdale School District when they were doxxed by the former president of the school board, five of those mothers have endorsed Carrie Lake for governor. So we're going to talk with Carrie about that. I'm looking forward to talking with a bunch of things. We're going to do this all year, trying to get you as much information about the candidates as possible. Later on this morning at 10.05, we're going to have on another gubernatorial candidate, Karen Taylor Robeson. At nine o'clock, we've got the DPS director, uh, Heston Silbert, Colonel Silbert will join us to talk about what's happening at the border and uh, how it's affecting his agency with staffing issues and all of the other things that are going on. So well, there's so much to cover this morning. Starting this morning, though, what we're going to talk about is this border problem that we have. And uh, the the issues at the border go much deeper than um, than, uh, I guess, public opinion. I just just this morning before the show was responding to some things on social media about the border. And the here's the political argument. People that are supporters of the president of the United States, this president, are saying we've always had a problem at the border. And you know what? They're absolutely right. You make a concession in a debate when somebody's right. When you're right, you're right. This goes all the way back in my life to the Reagan years. Now, I grew up in Florida working around migrants, dealing with migrants, being around migrants. There was a time in this world when illegal immigrants worked in the trades and nobody cared. So I've worked with people that were not in the country legally. I never hired anyone when I had my company, but I have worked with people that were in the country illegally. Just for just for clarity's sake. My best friend growing up in high school, both of his parents were from Mexico. His father started working in the migrant fields as a very young man and worked his way up where he owned a what is called a packing house, a produce packing house, where uh, produce is brought in, tomatoes specifically, and you run them through a machine. The, they are, they are, you cull out the bad ones. They're sized by how big the tomatoes are, and so they fall into different boxes. They're cleaned. They're then inspected, inspected by the Department of Agriculture, and they're sent on the trucks to grocery stores. I spent summers working in those packing houses, uh, spending summers in the in the fields. So the the funny thing about this is the people that don't want to hear an opinion say, well, you've never been one of those people, so you can't talk about it. I've never been a cop either, but I know more about policing than most civilians, and I absolutely have an opinion that's as valid as anybody else's. I have never been an illegal immigrant or an immigrant to any country. But I absolutely have an educated opinion based on the people I've been surrounded by. Mexican immigrants, Cuban immigrants, Haitian immigrants, people from all over the world. I have friends from communist countries in you know the Eastern Bloc. Um, so many people have told me stories just like they tell you stories. My opinion on this is educated. It is not firsthand. It's absolutely an educated opinion, though. What's happening at our southern border now has been made worse by the policies of this administration and worse for everyone, worse for everyone involved. 
If you see when you see families in Yuma County sitting on the side of the road because there are not enough federal agents to process them, that's an issue. When we set a record in a month that normally has lower crossings because it's so hot in our desert and in the deserts, you know, in the southern in southern Texas, but we set not just a record for that month, a record ever in border crossings, illegal border crossings. Let's not forget the fact that people that are giving hearing dates as they're processed through the system, many of them, 90 percent of those asylum claims are eventually dismissed and found to be unfounded, which means only 10 percent of the border crossers are entitled to asylum. So if you want to feel sorry for people, feel sorry for the 10 percent of legitimate crossers who are waiting sometimes in excess of a year, sometimes close to two years before they even get a hearing. And then many of these people that know that their asylum claims are illegitimate are never showing up for their hearings. And anybody that wants to t- you want to talk comprehensively about the entire border issue, that's it. And then what happens as soon as you point out those bad things, someone says, well, we need to fix the system. I agree with that. There is no one more pro-immigration than I am. I have spent my entire life, not intentionally with immigrants, but with immigrants. My best friend's parents from Mexico, my ex-wife, my first wife in Florida, who was my childhood sweetheart. We only married a short time. It was one of those things that never should have happened. I am still very close with their family. They are Cuban immigrants. It is her parents that brought three little girls on a boat with nothing but the clothes on their back and built a life for themselves in the American dream, doing it legally when the government allowed it, doing it the right way, going through Freedom Town, getting a green card, getting the background checks done. Working their way towards citizenship. And by the way, everyone in the family earned their citizenship at the very first opportunity. Those are the people that are the American dream. If we don't make a distinction between legal and illegal immigration, they're not all just migrants. There is a difference between legal immigration and illegal immigration, just like there's a difference between the people that are out shopping for Christmas right now and smash and grab robbers. They're all in the store. Some are there for the good things. Some are there for not good things. We don't know who people are. And anybody who wants to just classify this as just good people that want to work and have a different life, there are 106, at last count, 106 countries represented in Yuma County at our border in Arizona. It's not just Central America. It's not just Mexico, Uzbekistan, the nation of Georgia. Some countries that are enemies of ours and anybody out there that doesn't understand that the possibility of terrorists crossing into our country is a real threat, then you're you're blinded by your politics. And last but not least, we're going to spend time like we do every day. Not much today, very little. But we're going to spend some time today talking about covid-19. The Omicron variant here in Arizona, they're saying we have the lowest number of ICU beds available. Now, a little bit of a a difference here is it's not all because of COVID-19. It's because of a lot of different issues, but it's at a crisis point. Dr. Carmona was on with Arizona's Morning News today and was saying that we may stop elective surgeries again in Arizona. Well, I understand the panic for people. I understand all of this about getting people vaccinated. I get all of the arguments. 
What are we doing about these people crossing the border? Has the Biden administration said our policies are this? Before you can come in and apply for asylum, before we let you into the facility, you're going to be tested for COVID-19. And then if you're granted asylum or temporary asylum, where we're going to put an electronic tracker on you until your hearing date, if that happens... We are going to require you to be fully vaccinated while you're here in the country. Has the Biden administration done that? Well, they're mandating vaccines for American workers. So, you know, the entire covid problem in Arizona and other parts of the country are not on the shoulders of immigrants, illegal immigrants or any immigrants. But if you look at the policies and how crazy they are. On one hand, we now require a test within 24 hours if you hold a passport and you want to come to America legally. You have to show proof of a negative test 24 hours before coming into this country on an airplane or otherwise and show that you have tested negative. But if you cross the border illegally, there is no requirement for a test. There is no requirement for a vaccine. So there are so many levels where this policy is a nightmare, an absolute nightmare. And if you want to go back and talk about the previous administration and their policies, you do that. Donald Trump has not been the president for almost one year. The Biden administration promised, I am going to shut down the virus, not shut down the country. The border issue is still his problem because he hasn't done anything to rectify that. So you have to lay the the responsibility on the leadership we have. If you want to deflect, that's because of your politics. And I'll tell you, I love sports, so I'll give you a sports analogy very quickly. When you have a football team that's losing, leadership pays the price. And when people make excuses, they they continue to lose. It's why the NFL is the league that it is. There are no excuses. They only want results. And they hold leadership accountable for bad decisions. And it doesn't last long before they're gone. Joe Biden said anyone responsible for as many deaths as Donald Trump doesn't deserve to be president of the United States anymore. Well, there have been more deaths under this president. So hold him accountable to his words, not mine. Coming up in a moment, we talk with gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake. So many things to cover with her. Gets you more informed on where the candidates stand. Stick around. Strong values and strong opinions. The Mike Broomhead Show. KTAR News, 92.3 FM and the KTAR News app. Hey, thanks for being here. Appreciate you spending some time with us. Uh, we are going to have as many of the statewide candidates on as often as we can when issues come up, when there are uh, important issues that they are taking stances on or writing about. We're going to bring them on and talk about them. Uh, I talked about this yesterday on the show. There was some controversy over a tweet that somebody else tweeted that one of the candidates retweeted, um, Carrie Lake did, and uh, I want to be very, very clear. I said earlier today I thought that she had taken the tweet down. She hadn't taken the tweet down, and I, I, but I, so I want to be accurate. But joining me right now is gubernatorial candidate Carrie Lake. I want to get to the issue at the heart of this, which is cameras in the classroom in a moment. But I want to just clear something up about the tweet. Uh, Matt Salmon was on yesterday talking about the tweet. Other people have been reaching out to me about it. Um, do, you, do you stand by that tweet? Do you think that was the right thing to do? Yes. I mean, Mike, this is a made-up drama saga by melodramatic Matt. I mean, seriously, 
This is a non-issue. He's sinking like a rock in the polls, and he's freaked out. And the fact that we're on, we, we have a grown man in the fetal position, stressed out over a tweet. I retweeted a fellow Republican, and he's in a heap on the floor. This is ridiculous. So, but- I mean, he's got to grow. No, no, no. He has to grow a spine. We don't have time or room for weak people in this party. I, I understand this is that. Sign of a weak man. I understand what you're saying about needing strong people, but when somebody tweets out that because Matt Salmon isn't in favor of cameras in the classroom, that he doesn't care that special needs kids get raped, that is quite a leap and a horrible thing to say about someone. Matt Salmon is opposed to cameras in the classroom. If cameras were in the classroom in Scottsdale, that special needs student would not have been raped. Matt Salmon is all for cameras at these traffic stops. He made a fortune on these traffic gotcha cams that we get little tickets in the mail for. But when it comes to our children in school, he doesn't want them protected. And remember, we had cameras in the classroom with these Zoom classes that the teachers union pushed and our current governor pushed when he sent our kids home and put them in front of a computer day in and day out. So we've already had this, and that's when we figured out the kind of garbage they were teaching our children, this terrible curriculum, and all we want is accountability. And if we had cameras in the classroom and that special needs girl, that precious child would not have been sexually assaulted. I stand by my tweet, Matt needs to grow a spine. We don't have room for weak people. He looks incredibly weak making this an issue. He got all of his minions out there. Since when do Republicans call for censorship like this? This is ridiculous. He needs to grow up. Well, I mean, there's a difference between saying that it should be not allowed on Twitter and saying that you should take it down. And this kid, this Connor Clegg kid, and I say kid, I I don't mean that disrespectfully. This young man should apologize for saying such a horrible thing like that. And you don't honestly believe that Matt Salmon doesn't care if kids get raped. I mean, you don't believe that to be true. I don't believe that Matt Salmon really cares about getting to the bottom of this woke curriculum. He was the guy that ushered in. ASU's woke policies. He was working for lobbying for ASU, taking orders from Crow, from uh, the president over there, President Crow. And that's when ASU became woke. So I would really love to be on your show and talk about real issues. This is not a real issue. And I absolutely agree. We have people coming across the border right now that we knew were coming. They just stormed the uh, gates at Yuma. We have Families who can't afford the gas in their car and the food on their table. We have men and women who are facing losing jobs over vaccine mandates. And Matt wants to whine about me retweeting a fellow Republican. He's retweeting CNN, Arizona Republic. The guy's losing it because he's dropping in the polls. That's what this is about. We've got bigger fish to fry than comforting a weak man who's melting down over a tweet. He needs to grow up. We don't have room for weak people in this party. We have too much on the line right now, Mike. We're we're facing job loss for people. We're facing a border crisis. We're facing terrible curriculum being taught to our kids. I don't have time to swat at flies like Matt. All right, so if let me. If you want to have me on and talk about yes. real issues, I'm happy to do that. So let's talk about that issue in cameras in the classroom. Um, so we know that Matt has come out and said it's the wrong plan. So is Karen Taylor Robeson, and so is the, so is Governor Ducey saying that parental involvement in the classroom, not cameras in the classroom, is the answer. How do you respond? Well, that's really rich because Doug Ducey is the one who shut our state down twice and sent our children home for Zoom classes. So we ushered in cameras in the classroom. 
It's already happened. We need to look and take a close look at what's being taught to our children. This would be a way for them to have accountability in our curriculum. And this is why I signed the 1776 pledge to save our schools. We need to restore honest, patriotic education. We need to promote curriculum that teaches all children that all of them are created equal and prohibit curriculum that pits students against one another based on race and sex. And what's being taught in some of these classrooms is wrong, and parents want accountability. So I don't care what these people say. I'm not taking cues from Governor Ducey or a melodramatic map. I'm not taking cues from them, Mike. I'm taking cues from the people of Arizona. I'm taking cues from moms. I just got endorsed by uh, a lot of these Scottsdale moms who were doxxed and cyberbullied by their own school board, and I'm so honored to be standing shoulder to shoulder with them. And I'm not going to sit here and swat at flies. These people you're talking about are in the single digits polling. They're not resonating with Arizonans. They're not even out there. I'm on the campaign trail every single day. I'm hearing the struggles that that our our wonderful citizens here in Arizona are facing right now. And I'm not going to sit here and come onto the show and talk about somebody who's inconsequential in my life. I'm here to talk about what Arizonans are facing. And somebody melting down a snowflake, melting down over a retweet, is not going to get it done. He really needs to, if, he, if it weren't for him bashing me, he wouldn't have a campaign. And it's really sad because he's the one who wanted to start this and said, let's not sling mud. And I haven't been slinging mud, but that's all he's doing. It's a disgrace. Well, Carrie, I always I appreciate you coming on and taking the issues on head on. I appreciate you responding to come on. And I hope next time we come on, we can talk about just issues and nothing else. I would love it. And I really suggest you don't bring him on to sit and bash fellow Republicans, Mike. There's no sense. There's no reason for, to do that. We have so many serious issues. There's so much at stake. And I think he's just he's freaked out because he's realizing that Arizonans don't want him as governor and they don't want a recycled uh, retread of a politician running this state. And it's, it's probably a difficult pill to swallow for him. But let's talk about the issues. That's what I want to come on and talk about next time, if you if you would have me on. Absolutely. Anytime, Carrie. I appreciate it. All right. That is Carrie Lake. She is, uh, um, I don't know if we lost her or what happened, but that's Carrie Lake, candidate for governor. Um, and taking it head on, not pulling the tweet down, said there was nothing wrong with the tweet. And so, uh, but the issues, she is 100% right about the issues. Every issue she discussed is what we should be talking about. And hopefully that's the direction we're going to continue to go. Gatos joins me in a moment. We do the big Q poll question of the day in just a moment. The Gatos Big Q Poll Question, brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. Hey, good morning, Gatos, and happy Friday. Hey, happy Friday. I've got an incredible Big Q Poll Question for you. You always do. What, I mean, how no, is this, this, is, this one is by far the most incredible. Really? Yeah, all right. Well, so no, I can't wait. i got to hear this now. You and I have one thing in common. We're very big supporters of police. Yes. Tough job. When things go, you know, sideways, the way that I always handle it is I start on the side of the police officer. Yes. And then I work my way down and see where we end. Because if it is a cop's fault, cop did something wrong, we've got to say it, obviously. Yep. Okay. So there's a, I don't know if you've heard this story. There's a Winslow cop who was fired because his police dog fathered a litter of puppies birthed by the officer's family dog. <laughs> So they fired so, him? 
Yeah. So it's in Winslow. So think about it. You've got the cop, uh-huh. his canine officer, the dog. Uh-huh. Dog mm, likes the uh, the family dog, and uh, they got together, and uh, there's a litter of, uh, of uh, puppies. Okay. And uh, they fired him. So I ask, who's at fault here? Okay. Uh, a, the cop, you know, he shouldn't have let his dogs date. B, well, the family dog, she seduced the male canine. That's obvious, right? <laughs> she or, was asking for it? <laughs> no, I don't say that. <laughs> okay. Or C, the police dog. He should have gotten neutered. He should have made an appointment? Here's the funny thing. He got half neutered. I half neutered. He's got one left. Oh, they took one and they left one. Okay. And he was supposed the cop was supposed to get the dog neutered because apparently they, they want that if you're a canine officer. Okay. And for one reason or another, the cop said, "Listen, let the guy let the dog have one. You know, he can't have both, but leave one." And so that one, by the way, works quite well apparently. And uh, right. and so now we have a dog that uh, you know the dog is out of work. You're right. That's a great question. Out of work, you know. Okay. (laughs) That is a great question. Is that phenomenal? It is. It is. Fantastic. Dog's out of work now and a family to feed. So that's right. It's really awful. It is. And he's got one. That's (laughs) terrible. Can you imagine walking around with that? No, I can't, and I don't want to talk about it anymore. I'd be lopsided. I'd be like, you know, I'd be, I'd be heavy right. right or heavy left. Thanks, Gatos. Okay, thanks. All right. The BQ poll question today brought to you by your Valley Toyota dealers. We talk with DPS Director Colonel Heston Silbert in a moment. 